Seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Live radio contact. Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parks and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Showing the show this week, as ever, we have Paul Whiteside. All right, Paul? Hi, Rob. You all right, mate? You had a good week, mate? Summer holidays and all that jazz? Yeah, cool, mate. Yeah, enjoying me, uh, me bit of time off and whatever. And a uh, bit, bit down about Friday's game. You know, it seems a long time now since we won a game, so I'm just desperate for us to get a win and looking forward to uh, Friday, mate. Yeah, also John the show. We've got Mr. Bounce Back, Richard Lowe. All right, Richard? All right, Rob. Hi, Paul. How are you doing? Yeah, we're on a bit of a bit of a bit of a run at the moment. I'm one for a few weeks, so we might we might need you to work your magic this week. Oh, yeah, we definitely definitely need a win. I could have stayed on holiday to be honest after that cast match. I was a bit gutted. Yeah, I was obviously you stayed for the uh, the semi final. It was a plan to come and break you out. Truth be told, <laughs> yeah. I, got, I got there about eight o'clock, but you weren't there, so we had to go back. Oh, sorry, I must have been on my bacon butty on the on the beach. Yeah, yeah I must have missed you. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that, mate. Never mind, eh? So, Paul, what have we got on the show this week? Yeah, we've got a review of the cast game. We've got interviews with Jake Bibby, Todd Carnett and Greg Johnson. We'll also have Ian Watson in Coach's Corner. We've got the news, the amateur report and a preview of this week's game against Wigan. Cool, so what we'll do, we'll look back at the defeat against Casford last week. You're listening to Devil in the Detail and this is your Big Match Review. So, Sulphur Red Devils took on Casford Tigers in the Super 8s on Friday and went down to defeat 20 Three points to four, Paul. Top eight's always difficult, and Casper are top for a reason, aren't they? Yeah, they certainly are, but I thought, I thought we gave a good account of ourselves in patches of the game, Rob. I mean, we were lucky, really. I think it was four, four tries ruled out, which could have, could have been a different story. But I think you've got to give a lot of credit to Casper. I thought they tackled really well. And if you actually look at the stats, I think we had you know, more ball in their half than they had in our half. We had more possession, but yet we couldn't get over the line. And, and, and that's credit to, uh, to Casper's defence. Yeah, obviously, you know, the Super 8 for Rick, you've got to learn to play in these games, and I'm sure the boys will be taking a lot from games like that against Castleford. Yeah, you'd hope, and I think the level of disappointment on a lot of people's faces, it shows us how far we've come, doesn't it? Because you're actually genuinely disappointed to have lost, albeit to a, you know the top side, and 10 points clear they are now, so... To actually lose against that side is nothing, nothing uh, disgraceful. Um, but with the fact that we felt so disappointed, I think, like, uh, like Paul said, we were in the game, and um, them two tries in the last few minutes, uh, you know, last maybe twenty minutes of the second half, uh, just kind of killed the game for us. But we were there, we were there or thereabouts, and we gave one hundred percent in my view. Yeah, and we, we couldn't do it much more. And uh, you know, that's what we fell short because they were a better team. Mm. Just got to admit that. Yep, Sofa's lineup, nine levels at fullback, Greg Johnson, Jake Bibby, Josh Jones, Manu Vatavai, Todd Carnett, Robert Louis, Adam Warren, Logan Tompkins, Wellaraki, Ben Murdoch Vasala, Ryan Lannon, and a loose ball with George Griffin. On the bench for Sofa was Chris Bryan, Olsey Krasnike, Dan Murray, and Craig Kopjack. Todd Carnett and Rob Louis, Paul setting up in the, the halfbacks again, no Dobson. 
Yeah, uh, it didn't work for me, Rob. I'll be honest with you. I didn't think it worked at all this week. I thought I thought the game was crying out for Todd Carney to grab it, and I said that to you on the night. He's crying out for him to do something now, and it didn't really happen for him really on on, on Friday night. You've got to look at Casper's half-backs of Ben Roberts. I didn't think Ben Roberts had the, had the greatest game for Casper, but Luke Gale did. He sort of bossed the game. His kicking game was good. Everything that was good about Casper came off, off the back of what Luke Gale did, really, and uh, obviously in Zach Arnott's contribution as well. So, so yeah, it's, it's something Ian Watson, I'm sure, he's going to look at this week, and I don't think Michael Dobson was far off being in the side this week, so whether we'll see him in this week or not, that's up to, to Ian, but uh, I won't be surprised if Michael Dobson came back in this week. I think, Paul... You know, rugby league can be sometimes a game of inches. Todd Carney had a few opportunities, didn't he? he had a couple of tries disallowed for a, for a forward pass. Different game than them tries get given, and it's a whole different picture in it. Obviously, he is a class player, but unfortunately, it just didn't quite work out for him, in my opinion, on a Friday. Yeah, like I said before, we had a lot of opportunities, and we had two tries disallowed for, for obstruction as well. And and I think there was there was a crucial part. I think he was in the second half. Might have been the second half when. Um, I think we got brought back for something and, and a penalty was given to Casper down the other end. I think we broke through and, and got, I think, I'm sure it was Greg Johnson who got brought back anyway. It was some some misdemeanour anyway. But there was a few things like that seemed to go against us and I've watched it back twice now, the game. And those um, obstructions, they could have gone either way. Then. I mean, you see them all the time. Don't you dummy rumours? Is it, is it dummy rumour or is it obstruction? So I think, you know, we can feel a bit a bit hard done to, I thought, there on a couple of them things. And I think one with the forward pass as well, which looked like a line ball to me, I think it was the Ryan Lannan one. So, um, so yeah, we did create opportunities, Rob. I just didn't think it clicked for me with with, with Carney, but uh, that's just my opinion. But uh, I think we are, we do look a lot more solid when Michael Dobson plays. I think the game's a lot more structured when Michael plays. For me, when Todd Carney plays, it's a bit more off the cuff. And I'm not saying that you know I don't like Todd Carney as a player, but I think there's a lot more structure to our play when when Michael Dobson plays. I suppose, Rick, we've got to look forward, haven't we, to the to the next season, the season beyond. Michael Dobson isn't getting any younger, is he? End of the day. Well, you know, what do you think? Is it, did he, Todd Carney, do enough for you on uh, Friday? Again, we were playing the best team, so maybe maybe he didn't shine because of that. Uh, but we there, like, like Paul said, we had enough ball. We had enough to do. We were close. We were nearly there. We just needed that, that key. I personally think, I agree with you to a certain extent, that, that Carney's not playing as well, and we probably missed Dobson to boss it around a bit. But I think we missed O'Brien going forward. Because there was something missing from the link-up play, um, we had we had uh, Masilla went off the second half as well, um, injured, didn't come back on, did he? Uh, Tyrone McCarthy was meant to start, um, and he was uh, I don't know what happened there, but he was he was removed, so uh, Kopchak came in, so there was a change in personnel and positional. So there's a lot of I presume a lot of tactical people went into, as well when Tyrone McCarthy went off because. He would be loose. I think he was going to play loose. So there was lots of these little things that probably didn't go our way in that game. And I think against the top side, now that now ten points clear, you need everything to go your way, including the referees' decisions as well. And, uh, and quite a few things didn't. Uh, that's not shouldn't be an excuse. And I'm sure Ian Watson wouldn't tell you that, uh, that any excuses. But I think there lots of little things put together like that made made us. You know, um, we still gave 100 percent that side that was out there. But I, I don't think. Everything went for us. If it did, we'd have had a, a closer game. But that's the way it goes sometimes. Yeah, like Rick said, Paul. You know, we have to be at the top of our game to compete in these top, in top eights. And you know, the likes of Zaka Hardacre and um, McShane ran the show for Castleford. But we'll learn from this, won't we? Hopefully, we'll anyway. And you know, take it forward uh, into next season and beyond. 
Yeah, yeah. So I think the word I, I would have used for Castleman on Friday was clinical. I thought they took their chances when they when they got him, and uh, and like you said there, I thought Paul McShane, he was very dangerous from from that dummy half roll, and I think sometimes our markers, I'm not going to say they were lazy, but they, they weren't switched on for me uh, with with uh, McShane. He made quite a lot of ground from dummy half, you know, especially with the try that he scored, and you know I think we got caught out a few times in defence, but yeah, I think there's, there's positives you can take from the game, Rob. Definitely, like Rick said there, it, it, sometimes it's a, it's a very fine line the game, isn't it? You, if we'd have scored a couple of those tries, we'd have scored early on, and that video ref decision for the obstruction. Sometimes the games can be can, can go a totally different way. I mean, it was 12-4 with 20 minutes to go, and we was banging on the door. Then I remember saying to you when we were doing the commentary, we're banging on the door here. We just can't get over the line. If we could have scored there, we got it back to 12-10. You're on top because there was a stage there in that second half where I thought we was on, we were the better side, and you could see Castleford were blowing a bit. But obviously, then they got those two tries. One of them was a real sucker punch at the Max Shane try because we were on top of that stage of the game. So, yeah, it's, it's a fine line sometimes, Rob, but definitely a positive for me with Manu Vatavai. I thought he had a super game again. He looks, um, he seems to get sharper every week, doesn't he? He's a, he's a handful and he's uh, he's making a lot of ground going forward. So, that was that was one thing I took from the game as a positive. Yeah, big, Just before you get to the tries, the um, but if you're talking about Vatavai, I think Bibby could have used him more. I think there was a lot of times when he, he, he stayed at centre and he, he pushed himself forward Billy without giving it to, to Vatavai especially in their half um, he was one on one maybe with Monaghan a couple of times just give him the ball he'd run over him he would run over him you know how powerful he is and I think maybe something that will be uh, maybe given to, to Ian Watson is, is to tell him to, to just give Mano Vatavai the ball a bit more especially in the attack he's good coming away from our line and obviously he's a very clinical finisher you can see that he's proven that but also he'd be able to run over certain wingers and I think Monaghan I said it as soon as I saw the, the team sheet I thought one on one against him he's going to win he's going to win that battle and I don't think Bibby give the ball enough to him in those attacking situations and that's probably no fault of Bibby's maybe he was told to do that or it's your instinct as a centre not to give the ball to the winger because he's going to get pushed out but I don't think he would have done and that's something I think we could have improved on in the game but yeah, that was probably only the, the, the only negative I think uh, from any player because they all did very well yeah, I think I think Vatavai he uses his size both well in in attack and and defence. I think defensively, you know, for someone to out jump him, they have to be in like a step ladder, aren't they? Because he's that tall, and he uses his frame brilliantly. I think in defence, because the first time I watched him, I thought I might be standing a bit too far back. But you know, last couple of games, I thought, well, no, he's, he's bang on there, and I'm sure Paul is going to continue to get better and better as uh, he goes on. Well, yeah, Ian Watson said that, and he's absolutely bang on because. You think of how many games he's played this season for uh, for the Auckland Warriors? I don't even think he's played a game as he are. If if he has, it's only maybe one or two. So he doesn't look. I thought he looks a bit rusty in the Wigan game, but as far as sort of steadiness goes, and his confidence under the high ball and things like that, he looks so steady and, and reliable. And you know, sometimes you, you can expect to see obviously you know make the odd mistake or or come up with the errors and that. But he doesn't. He looks. He looks always been playing with us all season and. Like Ian said, you know, you get a full pre-season behind him and getting that fitter and that match sharpness as well. He's going to cause teams a lot of problems. I mean, he scored three tries in the, what, three games already and you know, I've won this allowed there on Friday night as well. So uh, so I think he's going to be a really good sign. I mean, he seems a very good character as well. And I don't think he's one of these sort of overseas players who's just come over here to sort of retire gracefully or pick up a, a wage packet. He's come with the right attitude, I think, uh, Manu Vatava. You can tell that, by the way, he's performed in the last couple of games. Yeah, I suppose Rick is... He's, you know, he's brought the you know what he's brought to the squad, and 
you know, he's a good player. He knows he's been the, uh, the top of the game uh, and he's only going to improve the squad, isn't he? Yeah, definitely. He, he, he always looks solid. <clears throat> the, the last, you know, the, the games we've seen him, he's, he looked very solid. And sometimes it, it looks like he's he's almost not walking the game, but just playing the game at his pace at the one he wants to play and he's still bulldozing players out out of the way. So he, I think that, yeah, when he gets a bit more fitter and uh, even in the, you know, towards the end of the Super 8, so I think he'll, he'll be He'll be scoring tries for fun, as we've seen already, but he'll also be contributing a lot more to the general play, and I think uh, we'll, we'll use him a lot better the more and more he gets more match fit. Yeah, we spoke to Jake Bibby, Todd Carney, and Greg Johnson after the game, and this is what they have to say. So I'm joined by Todd Carney. Tough game today, Todd. Yeah, it was. A, we knew it was really expect a tough game against Cass. Um, they're a class team and they come and play, they, they turn up again like they have all year, so it's all credit to them. I suppose it's a bit of a learning curve, this top eight. Every game is a pressure cooker atmosphere and we've got to grow with that, haven't we? Yeah, definitely. Um, Any time you play Cass, it's going to be hard. They've been outstanding all year, so um, tonight was going to be no different for them. So, um, yeah, we've got to learn from it. And I thought the effort was there a lot better than last week, so um, hopefully next week against Wigan that we can put in a a better performance again and, and, and get away with a win and then uh, kickstart our, our super our eights um, back back end charge we've got four we've had a tough start to the the, the eights so we're definitely um, if we can get a win next week and finish strong um, we'll be there about to think yeah obviously the semi-final was a bit of a heartbreak for us fans but the players are going to be fired up for the game against Wigan hopefully beaten this time yeah definitely um, they're a class team and uh, all credit to them to, to go through the Challenge Cup final so um, yeah hopefully we do get one back on them Cheers. Big thanks to our cousin Devil in the detail. Brilliant. Cheers, mate. Brilliant, that. So I'm joined by, um, by Jake Bibby. Tough defeat, that. Yeah, tough one take. You put a lot of effort in, and then the result doesn't come your way. So. Yeah, I suppose it's learning curve, the, t- the yeah. top eight. You know, these are big games, and you're going to learn from this, aren't you? Yeah, definitely. Last season, what like the situation was in now, the Super 8 is a whole different ball game. You can't not be off one second. You can't you have to be on every single second of the game. Yeah, looking forward to Wigan next week. Another opportunity to you know to put one up and hopefully register a win. Yeah, definitely. That, with the position they're in as well, putting knocking them further down will be helpful a lot. So. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks. Talk to us in the Denver detail. Greg Johnson joins me after yet another defeat. It took a lot out of you that tonight, didn't it? Yeah, it was um, a tough game. I thought uh, we were in it the whole time, but um, uh, said uh, a few dumb penalties, a like fourth tackle, and a few errors and missed opportunities, and we let them in the game. I thought second half we pretty much dominated and just got breakaway tries, and we didn't capitalise on opportunities that we had. There was long periods of that game um, where you were in the game, really, and you sort of match cast. But I thought the, sort of the first 10 15 minutes of the, of the second half, he was banging on the door, and we just couldn't get over that line to score and maybe a try I think we have on charts off the man who yeah. a few tough calls as well yeah, I said that we scored for the second half and I thought game on now and we'll still bring it to them for pretty much all second half like I said they just got a few breaks and they capitalised and you said yeah a few calls there if it never were the game could have been different so a few couple of tries chalked off and what, what did Ian say to you after the, after the game he's, he's obviously pleased with your efforts but he's just getting away from it at the moment yeah like I said from all we fell off a bit and uh, that was at his point in uh, the show that we put on in the second half but he said today we can't fault the effort we had a lot better attitude just a few lapses within 
individuals and as a team, which let them break through and score. So we just need to fix a few more things and then we should be back to fighting for. We're going away next week, obviously playing them before the Challenge Cup final. If you can go there and, and knock them off, they might have one eye on that. So it's all about attitude, I suppose, yeah, next so week. I mean, we've got to keep, them cold. Got to keep fresh from now and just remain positive. So we can take a lot out of that game still and bring that into next week. Like I said, from, it was a vast improvement from the week before against Hull. So we've just got to keep improving and then get back to winning ways. Thanks a lot for talking to us tonight, Greg. Good luck and I'll see you next week. Always welcome. Cheers. Cheers, mate. So that was Jake Bibby, Todd Carney and Greg Johnson talking after the defeat against uh, Castleford Paul. But, you know, the players, we're looking forward to Wigan to hopefully right a few wrongs. Yeah, definitely. They were disappointed. Like, like the, uh, obviously, that's the understatement, I suppose. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think the players know there's an opportunity now. They, they have got an opportunity to sort of put this gap between us and Wigan. If we can beat Wigan... I think we more or less put Wigan out of the picture then for the top four. I mean, I know it won't be mathematically uh, impossible for them, but we can have a big say in that if we're to beat Wigan on Friday night. But it's going to boost our uh, top four hopes as well. And the, the massive confidence boost it would give us to win there, I think the players are well aware of that. And I think you'll see them switched on on Friday night, definitely. Yeah, I suppose in this top eight qualifiers, uh, top eight, super eight battle, Rick, you know, the players are going to be learning, aren't they, every game? and go into the likes of, of Wigan and other top teams, you've got to make sure you're at that, you know, the top level of performance to get a result. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I, th- I think if we give as much as we did um, and maybe cut out silly penalties uh, like we did last uh, last week, I think we'll give them a real, real close game. We've beaten them already. Um, unfortunately, lost in the cup close match. I think uh, a bit of revenge. Fire in the belly, Batavise two, you know, two more weeks on in his... Uh, and his development, hopefully we'll have a few players back as well. I think we can do them, definitely. Yeah, I suppose winning, like you said, losing, Paul, becomes a habit, doesn't it? And we're in a bit of a sort of a spin at the moment. We need to try and buy a win. He does, Rob, he does. I mean, he, I keep harping back to that game on uh, Bank of the Monday against Warrington, away from home. You, you compare that performance and how the team was playing, you know, especially that weekend when we played Catalan as well. You know, people were backing each other up. Everybody was hungry for the ball. Confidence was flowing get a couple of defeats and you watch the team and peeps up, the players are sort of looking for other players to do the work I'm not su- suggesting they're hiding but players become dependent on other people don't they and everyone's not sort of switched on to the same same thing so confidence can sort of drain very quickly can't you you can be riding high on top of the league in May and then, you know you look two months down the line and we really are out, out of form really now six defeats on the spin but um, no, like I've said it before to you where does it go this confidence and where does it come from sometimes you know a few injuries and your team gets uh, you know dissettled a bit and, and, and things like this can happen but I think you're only one win away from getting that confidence back and you know going away to Wigan such a, such a proud team and a place where we've not done well before but I think it's a bit of a statement out if we could win there I think it put it right back in the picture I really do I really do Especially the way Wakefield played last week. You've got to use them as an example. They've got a similar sort of squad to what we've got. And they're not a fancy side. But you know, the way they dispatched Leeds last week, I thought it was a fantastic effort. And if we can go to Wigan and uh, play the way they did, I'm, sh- I'm sure we can cause Wigan problems. Don't forget they've got the Cup on their minds. They've got the Challenge Cup next week. So they're going to have a... I mean, they're only professional players, but they've got to end of the week. After they're going to have an eye on that. They're not going to want to be getting injured in that game and uh, missing the Cup final. So uh, I think if we can want that game more than them, we should... Uh, we can get the two points. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's funny when you're on a losing streak, isn't it? I think when you when you're in the game, the heads go down. If you score a couple of quick tries against a team that's already down, you can see physically their body language is so much worse than a winning team because a winning team will galvanise, say, right, come on, we know what we can do to win this. Whereas a losing side will say, 
oh god we're here again no you know and then then they go hiding and then they want people to do, do a miraculous pass or you know score a fantastic try and that's that's the negativity that just breeds in with losses so we need to turn it around and fast otherwise this this season unfortunately is going to ebb away a bit but I reckon we could do it against Wigan I we do talk about ebbing away though there Rick you know challenge to the semi-final top four finish is it us fans that are, are, are dropping a bit well, yeah, but that's that's the losses, isn't it, that, that comes unfortunately, like like you said, in in, in May things were looking up and uh, and now uh, unfortunately we're we're on the way down the table, but a win will definitely galvanise the team and pushing on for for the next few games because Huddersfield we've got Huddersfield at home and um, uh, and Wakefield and maybe even Saints we could we could win all them three games and top four still on if we beat Wigan definitely get on and you know the added satisfaction that we make sure that Wigan don't uh, get in the top four would be fantastic yeah. as well so yeah anything uh, just buy a win like you said buy a win we're back in we're back in it and uh, I think the, the support will, will quickly come back and uh, and start getting behind the team again yeah Paul you spoke to Ian Watson after the game and this is what he had to say Coach's Corner Right, Ian Watson's just joined me after getting another defeat. Can you put your finger on where it went wrong tonight? Oh, well, we didn't get off to a, a great start, probably more um, on, on the rough end of some decisions, to be fair, at the start of the game. And the man who was trying the first half was, for me, was a 100% try. Um, I don't know how the same Lannan's affected the kind of the play on there as well. So would have got us off to a better start. But I thought, to be fair, that our effort was pretty good. Um, we just... Once we got our opportunities in the second half and we was knocking on the door, we just didn't take them. We needed to turn them into some kind of points to put some pressure back on Castleford a little bit. Uh, so I'd probably just say small lapses of concentration have kind of cost us defensively today. Certainly in the second half, we got the game back to 12-4. There was a period in the game there where I thought we were getting on top and we were really banging on the door, but we just couldn't open yeah. that door, could we? Yeah, well, that was it. We were asking questions and Lannan got across, um, but obviously didn't get the ball down on there. We just needed to kind of stick with that and have that mentality, um, and that's something that we've been talking about a bit of sticking at it a little bit be a little bit patient as well rather than trying to chase the try uh, like I said they come up the other end then and rather than us having a little bit of ruthlessness defensively there it just kind of cost us on the back end of that but really yeah just little opportunities and um, probably lots of the concentration like the one where Adam Wall jumped out and McShane scored on the back end of that but it wasn't through lack of effort that Paul McShane was a fawn in our side all night I thought I thought he was, he was great for them but there was another opportunity I think uh, Ryan Lanner one pulled back for a forward pass and I know you don't like blaming referees yeah. but there was a few sort of yeah. debatable ones there yeah, tonight. Well, tonight where we were to be fair um, like I say they change games yeah, sometimes don't they it must be frustrating for you but, as a coach well that one the, the try with Manu as well it gives you a different complexion on the game as well so it's like we, we have to you have to ride with it um, there's nothing we can do we just yeah, end up getting fined if you start yeah. being honest and give your honest opinion you so. keep your money in your pocket yeah, yeah 100% how <laughs> uh, do you think Manu went again tonight yeah. I thought he was probably one of our best players he looks like he's growing into his position he's getting his sharpness back and he showed a bit of pace there ch- chasing back to do a yeah, I thought he was great. He's added massively to us. Um, the loss of Tyrone was a big one as well. He seems to have a good attitude uh, as well, man. He's not seems yeah. to have come over here no. for a holiday. He's come here to, oh, to, no, to perform. He's, 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 everyone told us that about him before we even signed him, before we even spoke to him. Just say he's a great guy. He'll fit in. He'll try and lead for you. He'll turn up every week and he'll, he'll play as hard as he does. Like so, he'll add to us and he'll make us better. He's probably getting a bit of a, we're probably getting a bit of a preview of what he's going to fully be like potentially because we've got him early and he's 
not really played a load of games back home as well so look, it, it bodes well for us as a team and as a club I suppose with a full pre-season behind him a full pre-season training he's going to be uh, yep. the beast as they call him next season yeah. what was um, Tyrone McCarthy pulled up didn't he in the, in the warm-up that was a disruption for you as well that yeah. was Tyrone oh, he's uh, just got a tweak on his calf he, he pulled it in the captain's run yesterday but he had treatment before the game said he felt fine went out to the warm-up and then that was it too tight um, so obviously copy ended up coming in for him so he'll hopefully be fine for next week we're going to wait next week how do you approach that game it's another yeah. tough one have we got any players on the way back or well, squads being tested yeah it, it is but it's it's, it's it's good in ways because we're getting guys playing games who you, you'd always kind of reluctant look if it had been a middle eight you wouldn't be kind of testing kind, kind of guys and throwing them out there but the beauty of it is they're playing at a higher level than what's uh, or the higher level that what we want to play at and we want to play at and we know we'll be in this situation again come next year we'll be at this top end all this learning now for these young guys is is irreplaceable really as well and it's kind of priceless for them going forward we want to make the most of the opportunity we've got now as well but by turning kind of learning from every performance to see if we can turn some results in a win so I'd say these next three next three games are three big games for us really well thanks a lot for speaking to me again tonight Ian and good luck against Wigan next mate good luck mate yeah, cheers Paul cheers. So that was Ian Watson looking back at the defeat against Castleford Paul but he was heartened by the performance Yeah he was we spoke to him the week before after the whole game he was a bit disappointed with that second half display and you know maybe the effort of the, of the lads in that second half when we were saying to me wasn't acceptable I know this week he was pleased I mean watching the game back I don't think you can question the commitment of the lads I thought they gave everything against Castleford and like we've spoke about before they've lost three games in the regular season cast they've been very consistent very good some good players and I don't think we were that far away from them I don't think it was that much between the, the sides on, on Friday night so um, so yeah I think you'll take the positives out of that and uh, if you can get that much effort again tweak a few things about I'm sure we're going to give Wigan more than a game on Friday yeah Rick he, talk, he talks about um, you know using this top 8 sort of experience as a learning curve for, for the younger players and you know they'll, they'll sort of learn from that won't they yeah, they, they have to. They, they will do. Um, there's not a lot of players, like Paul said, and I think I said earlier, just give 100%. We, we came short, came up short. I think you sum that up quickly to them. Yeah, you gave your all. We weren't as good as them on the day, but we do these things right next time. Execute, cut out the silly penalties, and then um, we go against Wigan. With a, a, you know, it could be a completely different game against the uh, Wigan, and we could turn them on, turn them around, definitely. Yeah, um, looking at the attendance though, Paul, two thousand eight hundred and eleven. Bit small for what you know what it should be, really. Yeah, Rob, um, it, it's, it hurts. I think sometimes it, it hurt me a bit on Friday night. Year of the supporters calling us and that, and um, it's, it's a worrying time isn't it, to be a soccer sport. I think it is anyway. With with all that's being said and sort of a, that sort of crowd plays into the the rumor hands really, doesn't it? And, about rebranding and things like that and what can you do I mean you can only do your bit and turn up every week can't you? As, as we do and as a lot of us you know loyal supporters do and I was disappointed with it I thought Cass you know they brought a few didn't they and I can't put my finger on it at the moment I mean I don't know about the marketing I don't think I think there's a lot more we could do as a club um, I don't think all the negativity helps what, what comes out you know from from uh, Mr Q Cash with his, with his tweets and, and what have you I don't think that helps one bit I think you've got to be positive and you've got to get people to buy into it and uh, I think we could do a lot more than what we do Rob put it that way Yeah Rick I think obviously being the summer holidays you know families need need to be wooed don't they I feel and 
you know, investment is, is key in, in this area. If we want to be able to get out and reach out people outside the bubble, you know, you, be, you need to be able to go big, in my opinion, in games like yep. this. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, it was a disappointing crowd. I think there's so, only so many excuses you can continue to give. Like, uh, it, was, it was Sky, Friday night, holiday season. Um, you know, there's, yeah, there's, there's always a reason why crowds could be low, but I think overall you need you need a proper strategy of, of marketing them, keep them here. Unfortunately, the, the, the times we've been on the box this season, we've probably not played very well, and certainly against Wigan, we played well, but we lost. And you know, um, yeah, we took a great following there, but where are they? Where are they again? Why, why are they not here? You gotta you gotta ask them that question, and then also ask the club: Are, are they doing everything? that they can possibly do to get those bums on the seats um, and they tried earlier in the season I know I, I think we, we talked of the, the cheaper tickets and what have you um, and they got a few more through uh, but we're not keeping them for some reason we're not we're not keeping them coming and it was disappointing it was disappointing sat there and, and seeing you know partially empty uh, seats and um, it's, it's it needs to something needs to happen I don't know what it is but something needs to happen to get them outside the bubble I don't know whether they've tried everything or whether they're just going through the motions because of other things that have happened already. Um, I'm not going to voice any rumours or whatever because I don't know. Genuinely, no idea of what's going on. But you can only see what's in front of you, and that's, I don't think that's going to be uh, such a great talking point that we only managed, what was it, 2,800 or something. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's such a shame. And it's because we're playing some great rugby, and we have, we've tried, we tried 100% on that. Uh, on Friday and uh, I think we'll probably take one and a half maybe two with us to Wigan on next week so uh, that's you know it's a, it's a solid hardcore group of fans we've got we just need that to build and consistently build I do still think though because of stats the attendances are up from last season um, so it's positive in that but we still need them coming through and um, I don't know what they need to do to, to make that happen yeah I, I just think you know this period of the, of the season for us our first Super 8, um, you know, venture for a long, long time, you know, you need to go big. And if that means, you know, um, LDA screens in, in Caddy's Ed, I know the fan van drove around for a bit, uh, but with posters and, and we need to be out there. And really, it's a missed opportunity for me, Paul. I really do think that. But we'll have to see. We'll have to see what happens. Hopefully the club might come up with some, you know, uh, plan. Uh, but like I say, the people who do, they work hard, but if you've got no juice in your tank, what can you do? You can't make uh, you know, magic out of nothing, can you? No, you can't. You've got to be consistent with marketing, Rob. I mean, we did a lot of marketing for, the, for the, that Catalan game, didn't we? And I know with that there was, there was other circumstances as well, which, you know, the terrible things that happened in Manchester and that you know that that was happened at the same time didn't it I think a lot of people bought into that and I, I don't want to use that as sort of to say that's why we got a big crowd but um, I, I'm not so sure it's, it's a funny one really I mean you've got to be consistent with the market you know, as I said before you've got to um, you've got to do it week in week out from, from, from minute one of the season and I, to me I don't think, think we do enough um, and I've said it before I said it on Friday I'm going to say it again now so the uncertainty at the moment I don't think helps there's a lot of negativity there's a lot of negative stuff said on, on Twitter and this and the other like I said before I don't do Twitter and that but people aren't sure I mean I'm not sure whether there's going to be a solvent next season and if I'm thinking that I think other people think the same and I, I think what could you know I'd, I'd, I'd support us on is if, if people came out and told us what was going on and was a bit more honest with us and, and, and let us know about the intention I mean we had this earlier on in the season we had um, all these um 
you went to one, Rob, didn't you, where they, they asked you questions? Yeah. And, what did they call it? I'm trying to search for the word. I can't uh, know what it was kind of like a marketing... Sort yeah, of like Q&A, the Q&A, yeah. Q&A session. Q&A session yeah. and all that. That's yeah. all gone really quiet now. So, you know, we're all in a bit of limbo about what's going on. And I think people want to know. And, you know, perhaps people have lost interest because they sort of think we're a bit of a lost lost cause, really, because they don't know what's happening. So I think that could uh, could be a massive boost. If somebody came out tomorrow and said, you know, we're going to be Salford next season, we stay in Salford, you know, we're Salford for the long run, I think that would put... 500 on your next home gate easy because I think people have just um, become a bit annoyed with it all I am as well I'm, I'm really worried at the moment about things but, uh, but yeah I'll leave it at that Rob because I don't want to upset anybody I'll tell you what would help I'll tell you what help we beat Wigan Friday Mark it the hell out of the next two home games with your Wakefield and Huddersfield Mark it the absolute hell out of them like they did with, uh, like they did with the semi semi-final yeah. I know that kind of mark is itself it's a big occasion but the next two games are critical after, after Wigan so the next two home games back to back Get them, get them through the door, and make sure you market them, and get the right people. Yeah. At the moment, Rick, it feels to me. I don't know if, it, if you, but it almost feels as if the club's feeling sorry for itself a bit. You know, we've lost the semi-final, and you know they sort of, uh, I won't say waving the white flag, but you know they're just sort of going through the motions now for the rest of the season. And, and I know Ian Watson, our lads are not feeling like that. You know, he, he's desperate for that top four. He's told me that. He's told Rob that. You know, we spoke to him. That, he doesn't like losing and he doesn't he wants to win everything he does and I'm sure all the players are the same but I don't know as far as the marketing goes it just seems like they feel like that to me and there's so much to play for this season there really is that top four is wide open you know we've really got a market this now we've got an incredible opportunity this season I mean people might laugh at me and I'll think oh you're talking rubbish Paul you know you're dreaming but we could make that grand final you get in that top four you play Castleford away, they get a man sent off or whatever, they have a bad night, they drop a load of ball, you're in that grand final. Mm. So if we can get in that top four, we've got an ideal opportunity and if we can beat Wigan on Friday, we've got three home games then out of the last four, I, I still firmly believe we can do it. Yeah, I think obviously, you know, looking back at looking at marketing and, you know, it come, all comes down to, you know, how many hands you got to the pump. You've got uh, Dave Campbell and his, 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 you know, brilliant fans who have taken their own uh, time, Rick, to, to help promote um, with posters and stuff when they, when they are available you've got the likes of us and you know the sounds of soul for the sports zone we're reaching out we just need a bit of help from the club they need to help us and we'll help them and we'll get to the promised land eventually won't we I think said that previous podcast it's a, it, everybody's got to help in this it's a community that, that gets involved so it's got to be a community that, that reaches out as well as the club as much as the club they've, they've got to do their bit as well consistently like we said they've done it, done it a little bit uh, but they need to do it every week, week in, week out. Whether there's a game on or not, they still need to be out there <coughs> reaching out. So that week off between Wigan and, and the, uh, the the semi final, the, the Challenge Cup final, they need to be out there during that week, marketing the you know the, the next game coming up and saying we're not going away. This is the time. This is the date. This is where it is. These are the buses that are on. This is what's happening with the trains. This is with your nearest stop. This is you know everything you can in the middle of Salford and beyond to make sure that people want to get to the stadium and they can and then you know, it might only add 500 on but that fact, if we beat Wakefield they'll come next week and they'll bring a mate and so that's maybe 600, 700 you know, it, it just escalates from there and that's what we need to do but consistently Yeah it's like that good that feel good factor is quite infectious isn't it Paul like you said before early in the season we were buzzing and, and it seems a bit flat now we need a bit of something you know, from us or the club or the team or something to zip us up again yeah, it does. I keep asking back to that Warrington away game. 
on the back of the Monday. We were absolutely flying then. We were second in the table. We walloped Warrington. And it felt so good to be a Salford supporter. At the moment, it, it, it does. I mean, I love Salford, you know that, and, and so do you guys. But at the moment, it, something feels different, doesn't it? It, it does feel flat. It does feel like a bubble burst a bit. And um, I don't know. It's, it's the confidence has gone. I think the confidence has gone, you know, losing those games. And, and like Ian Watson said the other week, we put a lot in to finishing that top eight. They used a lot of energy to get to, get to where they did. And, He's took a lot out of the side, and injuries hasn't helped as well. We've lost, we've lost people. We're down to that bare bones. We've got no reserve team. We've got no under 19 team. We've not got the biggest squad in the world, so we've got to go with what we've got. Um, so I still think though that we can do something. I really do. I really think we can finish in that top four. I think this game on Friday is absolutely massive against Wigan. It's an absolutely huge game. It's, if Wigan were to beat us on Friday, you know the unthinkable happens, and they beat us. You know we could be staring down the barrel then, maybe finishing seven, four, eight. But you can win it. We've still got a huge chance of finishing in that top four, I think, and uh, I'm just looking forward to it. I can't wait for it. Yeah, big thanks for everyone who did the three-word match reports and Man of the Matches. Kate Reynolds, love the beast. Her Man of the Match was Manu. We all love the beast, Kate. Um, Bob Speakman, Threadbare, Salford Lose. Um, his Man of the Match was Manu. Uh, Colin Reynolds, Attack, so predictable. His Man of the Match was Manu as well. I suppose he's a bit right. Flat. Attack was a little bit flat, but like you said, uh, Rick, sometimes it's a game of inches and a couple of them forward passes aren't given it's a different game altogether yeah the tries are disallowed like I said before we lost Myrna Masilla he's battering ramp 60 to 80 minutes you can use him like that and he scored against Cass last time didn't he last time out uh, doing the same tactic people are reading him a bit more but he's still able to do it when there's some tired fringes there that he can do it so we're missing you know those little like you say those little little differences yeah. Could mean uh, scoring or not, and unfortunately, that's the way that's the way it went on Friday. Yeah, Chris Hawkins, penalties, pace, and patience, uh, and his uh, man of the match was uh, Manu as well. Oh, I like, I like that. Say that again. Penalties, penalties. pace, and patience. Yeah. yeah, that's good. The three P's: penalties, pace, and patience. So yeah, that was good. That uh, and his man of the match was the, was Manu as well. So clean uh, sweep for Manu. Was your uh, man of the match, Paul? Yeah, I, I wrote Manu Batavai down for me. I just thought he worked really hard. I thought he was, he was excellent under the high ball. Uh, very steady. He's good in defence. He scored. He took his try well. Um, he makes a lot of ground going forward. And the thing with me is I just don't want us to end up using him like a battering ram. Because we used to use Justin Carney a bit like that. And I think I think Batavai is a clever player. I think he's a good finisher. And we need to get the ball out wide. So don't be just letting him charge the ball. Because he'll make the yards for you. But shoot him a bit better than that as well, you know. Good, good centre with him as well. You know, we've got Chris Wellham to come back in. Jake Bibby there, who I think is improving all the time. Um, but I think Manu Batavai is going to bring a lot, and I think he can bring a lot to these next five games now in the Super 8. He's going to get better as the weeks go on. Uh, he's got three tries already. I wouldn't be surprised at the end of this uh, Super 8 if he's in double figures for tries. Is Junior Sow out for the season? No, he should be back, Rick. He should, should be back. Um, I think he got a car strain. So I think he's I think he's okay now. I think he should be back yeah. in the squad this week. Yeah, because that yeah, that'll be that'll be something to watch him and uh, Vatalayan if they play on the same side. Definitely, yeah, yeah. Compliment him, Junior Sal. But yeah. yeah, I think what Ian Watson said he had a car strain for the whole game, uh, but I think he's he's more or less ready now this week. Hopefully, hmm. it was your uh, man of that trick. Yeah, Manu can't see past him. Manu, yeah, I'm, I don't like agreeing with everybody all the time. So, I'm going to go... You never do. No, which is true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm going to go I'm going to go Ryan Lannan this time. I thought he got... He was used a lot by Todd Carney as like the the main 
kind of focal attack and I think kind of playing in this uh, sort of top eight sort of top competition is going to really you know help him I think so I thought he did some good touches on uh, Friday so I think uh, yeah I'll give it in for this week so he'll bring his game on won't it yeah. he'll bring his game on definitely that's what it's all about it's all about development isn't it yeah. Yeah, I thought he was unlucky in the second half, actually, Ryan Lannan. There was, there was a point there where, where Todd Carney put him through and he just overrun the ball and got pulled back for the forward pass. And if he'd have just, mm. just delayed his run slightly, he'd have been over there for a try. And, uh, you know, that'll come with, uh, with that experience. But That's sick. He's, he's, he's always a willing runner, uh, Ryan Lannan. Uh, and he's, he's, for a young lad, he's, he's improving all the time. And you can tell he's, he's going to be a really good player if we persevere with him and uh, he keeps coming on like he is doing. So, so yeah, I'd I go with you on that one he's, as he's well. He's He's keen, he, he, he wants the yeah, ball. Yeah. He is, yeah. Yeah, you can see he's got something. He's a, he's a talented young lad. Yeah, Look, just a quick look at the stats before we go on to the news. Uh, Tackle-wise, Lannan did 41. Um, Cotton Jack with 31. George Griffin with 38. Uh, Rick, you know, big effort there from the forwards. Yeah, I think uh, the dreaded Twitter, it was, it was uh, mentioning all that. They put, they put a big, big effort in the forwards again, as they do every week, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, it was just uh, just disappointing in the in the end of the day that it fell fell short. But yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, big meter makers. Manu Batavai, hundred and thirty. Uh, Wellaraki with hundred and seventeen. Joshua Jones with one hundred and twenty-seven. Uh, Johnson with one hundred and five. Um, you know, made some big meters there, Paul. We did, yeah. <coughs> Excuse me, and I had a look at the stats on, on Sky Sports, and um, like I said before, we had a lot of ball, didn't we? We had a lot of possession. Um, we spent a lot of time in Castle Vazaf as well and just couldn't break them down and yeah, like I said you've got to give, give Castle the credit they defended well didn't they and that heart back to that spell in the second half there from from sort of minute 40 to minute minute 60 really we had a lot of ball on their line they just couldn't break them down so um, so yeah I don't, I don't think it was a million miles off you know 12-4 with 20 minutes to go alright they got that try from Matt Shane that sort of killed us off really but um, I don't think there was a lot in that game I thought the 23-4 Scoreline flattered Castle for the bit, really. Yeah, so what we'll do now, uh, we'll talk about the news coming out of the club this week. So, here's all the news coming out of Sulphur Red Devils this week. Uh, the club have announced that tickets are available for the Huddersfield game and the Wakefield game, Paul. I think it's so important that us fans get behind the club and buy these tickets. Yeah, it certainly is, yeah. I mean, if we can get this win at Wigan on, on Friday night, these these home games in the, in the, the Super Eights are going to be, be pivotal, really, aren't they? Three home matches then out of the, out of the last four Saints, Wakefield and, and Huddersfield. And, you know, looking at them, Huddersfield, we've uh, we've beaten twice this season, haven't we? So uh, we'll be looking at them to, to get a result. And I know Wakefield have beaten us twice in the league, but we'll be looking at beating, beating those two at home as well. So, yeah, I think it's, it's pivotal. You get a good crowd. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, that's going to lift the players as well, isn't it? You know, we'd rather play in front of a big crowd than a, than a small crowd. So, uh, so we're hoping people will buy into that and, uh, and get those tickets. Yeah, two winnable games, Rick. Uh, £25 in the West Stand, £20 in the South Stand, £18 uh, value ticket. Um, hopefully, a bit of a marketing campaign because two winnable games, you know, they could get a big crowd. Let's hope, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, a lot rides on these next two home games. Look past Wigan for a second and, you know, you can see Wakefield's winnable Huddersfield winnable and uh, yeah hopefully it's been being start of September it's probably past the holiday season uh, there's no reason why we can't get a good following in against them too yeah uh, Wigan tickets uh, are available still 
Um, the club get 25% of every ticket sold, Paul. You know, obviously, it's important if we're going away from home, if you can get down to the stadium, buy a ticket so the club get the money rather than go to Wigan and the club don't get nothing. Yeah, that that um, that twenty five percent. It's a lot of money. That if you can if you can get down there, I know it's hard. You know when people are working in the week, it's probably hard for them to get down to the stadium, and probably a lot of people technically just roll up on the night, don't they, and pay on the door. But if you can get down there and make sure we get twenty five percent of it, it goes in our coffers rather than Wigan. Yeah, I suppose Rick, you get that money twenty five percent. The club can invest it, can't they, into areas that that need to be invested into. Well, definitely, hopefully into uh, into getting the uh, getting the name of Salford out there and. Bursting the bubble, as you were saying. Yeah, that's what it's all about um, for me. Hopefully, we can do our, we do our bit as fans as much as we can do anyway by buying tickets when you know it's an interest in the club and the club can benefit from it. You know, if you got a Wigan, just get down there and buy a ticket, help the club out. Uh, next bit of news: twenty percent off ref- replica shirts, Paul, as well. Um, club are definitely pushing that as well. Yeah, yeah, certainly they'll probably go and change the shirt next season now, won't they? So, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, the good shirts this season, aren't they? I think people have been impressed with them, haven't they, this season, especially the, the black away shirt and that, that good looking guy that modelled it for them. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think the, the shirts have been good and uh, yeah, they were worth it, especially to get that discount as well. Yeah, I suppose 20%, you know, it's, it's good that, Rick, you know what I mean? It's kind of letting the fans get it for a little bit of a cheaper price. Yeah, I think I'll go and get another one myself, actually. And uh, maybe a little one for me, uh, for me little girl. Hopefully, I'll get her to a couple of matches as well later in the season. So, yeah, very good value. Let's uh, snap them up. Yeah, don't forget Red Zapparel do some smart gear as well, Paul. Still haven't managed to buy me bag yet, but I'm planning on it. I've had my shirt on. I've had my 1973-74 champion shirt. I've had it on again today. Mm. I've won it every game since I've had it. <laughs> <laughs> Can you take it off then? I mean, I win. Yeah, I know, yeah. I've been thinking that. I've not, not once since I've worn that. So, uh, no, you, you might be right there, mate, actually. Send it back, Paul. Send it back. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they, they do great stuff as well. So you've got the choice, you know, with your Raging Bull or the Red Zapparel to, you know, buy your merchandise and promote the club out and about. Uh, final bit of news. Uh, the funeral of Chris Hesketh uh, will be on the 22nd of August at St. Joseph's Roman Catholic Church in Adlington at 11 o'clock. Uh, Paul, it was, a, you know, it was really sad news that when the news broke last week, uh, but he was a great player for us. Yeah, Chris was a great player for Southern Man. I never actually saw him play, but I know a man who did. My dad's told me all about Chris. and I'll just give you a bit of background on him if you're not too sure. Chris signed for us in 1967 for a fee of £4,000 from Wigan. Blossomed into a, a really good centre. And uh, he, he went to Wembley in the in the mid sixties with Wigan. I think he was sixty six, and he didn't play for them. He was uh, you know, a following support, you know, in the squad that day. But he did go back there with Salford in nineteen sixty nine, and was uh, you know unlucky if you ask any of the old supporters. He, he had a try, I think, disallowed on that day, didn't he, in that match? And uh, nineteen seventy two, he brought some silverware to Salford. The first silverware since nineteen thirty nine. It was when we we beat Swinton in the Lancashire Cup. He won two championships at Salford, 1973-4 and 1975-6. He was captain for the 75-6 one. He also lifted the uh, BBC Two Floodlit Trophy um, in 1975. Um, he was also uh, a part of the 1972 World Cup winning uh, Great Britain side. He also captained the Great Britain side in the 1974 tour to Australia and New Zealand. He played 23 matches for Great Britain, more than any other Salford player, three for England and 15 for Lancashire. He received an MDE. In 1976, New Year's Eyes left for his services to rugby league, and in January 1977, 
took over as Salford caretaker coach when Colin Dixon quit the role, holding the reins until Stan McCormick appointment a few weeks later. In 1970, £12,500 testimony with David Watkins, his final appearance for Salford being at St. Helens in May 1979, having played 443 times for the club. His final role came during March and April in 1980 when he coached Blackpool. So, you know, 443 appearances for Salford and you know, if you've not read his book, his, his book's absolutely fantastic. It's called Captain Courageous. I read it a couple of years ago. My dad lent it to me, and it's a really, really good read. It tells you about all his, his time at Salford and, you know, the great days that he had there through through the 70s. I mean, we weren't around there in the 70s, but I spoke to my dad so many times about that time. Sometimes you you feel like you were there when you read the old programmes and look at the old pictures. And there was one little story my dad was telling me about Chris, and it was a game at, at, at Station Road. I think it was Paul Jackson was kicking a goal for Salford. I think we were losing 18-16 and this kick was to tie the game and Chris Esker followed this penalty goal up the ball at the post Esker caught it and scored under the sticks and Salford went out to beat Swinton that day so uh, so that's that's something that some of our older supporters might remember Yeah, what a legend he was for the club and our thoughts are with his family uh, at this sad time So that was all the news uh, this week and now what we'll do we'll look at what our amateur sides did with Paul before we preview the game against Wigan on Friday. Right, well, this week's amateur report, I'll start as usual, like I normally do with the National Conference Leagues. There was one result on Wednesday night, the 9th of August, that was Saddleworth Rangers in Division 2. They had a good win, they beat Lee East by 48 points to 4. Cracking win that for, for Saddleworth Rangers, above a, you know, a Lee East side, or a couple of places below them in the table, so that's going to boost their uh, their ambitions of finishing uh, sort of above mid-table this season, so a great win there. The rest of the games were played on Saturday. Premier Division, Rochdale Mayfield had a cracking win again, a couple of tries for Wade English there, they won away from home at Pilkington Rex by 40 points to 14 or Pilkington struggling down the bottom end of the table but that win has moved Rochdale Mayfield to third in the table now they're just two points behind Thattle Heath Crusaders who are second and five points behind Siddall who are top and Rochdale Mayfield travel to Siddall this weekend so that's going to be a crunch game that there's still a chance that Mayfield can uh, can take the title in that division so we wish them all the best this, this coming weekend in division two Salford City Roosters went down Valiantly though to Wigan St Jude's by 50 points to 20. It was a 16-man Salford City Rooster side again struggling for numbers there. They've uh, they've worked the socks off this season, and the side included veteran halfback John McAtee, who displayed all his old skills with two tries and a goal. The other tries came from Christos Zacharias and Mark Jones. I hope I've got Christos's name there right. I, I did do my best trying to pronounce it, so uh, let me know if it's wrong. But Christos Zacharias and Mark Jones with the tries, and uh, there was also. Uh, Try one of those tries was converted by Alex Edwards as well. So, uh, so another defeat for uh, Salford Roosters, but uh, we wish them all the best for the rest of the season. In Division Three, Oldham St Anne's went down at home to Clockface Miners in a. You know they were leading 24-10 at half time, but they went down 38-36 in a pulsating match there on Saturday afternoon at um, Oldham St Anne's. The fixtures for this weekend on Wednesday night there's a game between Stanley and Dewsbury Celtic in Division Three. The rest of the games are Saturday in the Rugby Football League Challenge Trophy semi-finals. Milford Marlins play Hunslet Club Parkside, and Westall play Wigan St Patrick's in the Premier Division. As I said before, Siddall play Rochdale Mayfield in that Premier Division top of the table clash, and there's a big derby match in Division Three between Waterhead. Warriors and Oldham St Anne's and there's just one game in Division 2 with Drillington against Saddleworth 
Right, well, moving on to the Northwest Men's League. There's still no youth and junior league, so I'll give you the Northwest Men's League now. Uh, Division 1 on Saturday, Folly Lane had a cracking win. They won away from home against Lee Minor Rangers A by 40 points to 28. Division 2. Charlie Panthers 44, Berry Broncos 6, Manchester Rangers 24, Lee East A 14. In Division 3, Oldham St. Anne's A 46, Burton Woodbridge 18. Division 4, Manchester Rangers A 24, Caddies Ed Rhinos 28. Another good win there for Caddies Ed Rhinos. And West Orton Lions, they had a cracking win in Division 4. They beat Langwood the Reds by 46 points to 14. The fixtures for this week, there's just one game on Wednesday night in Division 5. That's Clockface Miners A against Saddleworth Rangers A. The rest of the fixtures will play on Saturday the 19th of August. Division 1, Folly Lane, entertain Holton Sims Cross. In Division 2, Leyland Warriors play Berry Broncos. Division 3, Fitton Hill Bulldogs against Oldham St. Anne's and Rochdale Cobras against Crossfields A. Division 4, Manchester Rangers A against Langworthy Reds. Oral St. James A against Caddy Z Rhinos. Rylands A Sharks A versus Little Holton Reds and the West Horton Lions against Colchef Eagles. Two fixtures in Division 5, Bolton Mets against the Garswood Stags and Saddleworth Rangers A against Clockface Miners A. Sorry, the three fixtures, there's Berry Broncos A and Layla Moriers A as well. Just one little bit of amateur news to bring you as well. The Women's Amateur Rugby League Association has confirmed that its annual, gen, annual, put my teeth back in, annual general meeting will take place on Saturday the 16th of September. That's at the Dropkick Public House close to Bradford Bulls Oddsall Stadium. All wishing to be involved in the 2017 to 2018 campaign are invited and the event will start at noon. That's Saturday the 16th of September. That's all I've got for you this week. I'll see you at Wigan on Friday night. Four hours a day. Radio Contact. It's time for the double of the So, for Red Devils, take a Wigan Warriors on Friday night in the next game in the Super 8s, Paul. Big game for both of us. Yeah, it certainly is. Like we were saying before, if we can win, we might just put it beyond uh, Wigan then. You know, with four games remaining and we'll be three points in front of them. Um, and obviously the sides above us as well. So they, they're going to have to sort of win every game really then to have a chance of uh, finishing in that top four. And, uh, you know, not that I've got revenge on my mind, but I think that'd be, that'd be nice that after they knocked us out of the Challenge Cup. So, uh, plus all the irons they've given us over the years as well. So it'd be nice to go in their backyard and, and get one over on them. But we're going to be facing a Wigan side that are, you know, made a tough stuff at the moment. I think you just give me the stat. I think they've won six in the last eight games. And if you look at the side they've got now, they've more or less got their sort of first choice team, apart from maybe Don Manfred, who's, who's like a long term casual to the rest of them are all in there. And they sort of come come good at the right time. They've got all the players back. So it's going to be a really tough night, I think. Yeah, top eight, Rick. You know, we're going to Wigan. Always a tough place to go. You know, it's going to be a battle. I'm sure the players are going to be fired up for it. Yeah, you always knew, you know, you get in the top eight, you're going to play the best sides. We're going to now, you know, got uh, on a roll, as you said. And uh, you look at the squad, you know, even even the later numbers, like 21, Ryan Sutton and number 14, Bateman, uh, they'll, they were playing against Huddersfield. Uh, you know, they're a very strong team. And uh, if we can play like we did against Castleford, cut out the errors, as we've said, I think we'll, we'll, we'll turn up and we'll, we'll surprise them. We'll, we'll do them. Uh, revenge on the mind. They won't need much uh, talking to. I don't think in the uh, in the dressing room beforehand. I think they'll be well up for this one. Um, 
and uh, Wigan having one eye maybe on the Challenge Cup the next week. Um, I think that you know that maybe the gods are smiling on us for this Friday. Maybe we can we can go there and do them. We've done them before. There'll be a lot of that talk. We've done them before and uh, in their back backyard. So let's do it again. Yeah, beat them away uh, early in the season. Looking back at that sort of semi-final, Paul. I'm sure the players Andy and Watson would have took a lot from that game, you know, for future battles, including this one. Yeah, certainly. Let's, let's not forget we came back really well in that semi-final, didn't we? We, was, we went 12-0 down, I think, didn't we? And, and we, we got it back to 14-12 at half-time and, and showed a lot of commitment and a lot of desire in that first half. And we caused Wigan a lot of problems, all right? We, we fell away a bit in the second half, lost our way in the second half, and, and Wigan sort of ground us down like the way you do. But I've just been looking at their match report and and stats for the game they played last weekend against Huddersfield that was another tight game you know 12-4 with a minute to go you know two tries to one and then Sam Tompkins obviously won the game but they, they've been a lot of games that they've been in this season that have been tight like that where they ground teams down they don't necessarily blow teams away they'll just grind you down and, and take their opportunities when they come and I thought that's what they did to us in that semi-final really you know um, they didn't blow us away in it but they just waited and waited ground us down and then obviously got they got the opportunities in the second half when they came along. And I don't know for me if I was Ian Watson, I'd be perhaps going there and, and throwing cautions to the wind, me and, and you know playing an expansive game, moving the ball out wide. And when we do that, I think we can cause teams problems. I mean, you're not going to beat Wigan going up the middle with the back of forwards they've got, especially with the guys we've got missing. I think you've got to play a bit of off the cuff stuff. Hopefully, get Michael Dobson in there, managing us round the park. Good kicking game, putting some pressure on Wigan, you know, turning the wingers round and uh, putting the pressure on them, and uh, hopefully we can go there and do a number on them. Yeah, uh, Rick, I suppose, like Paul says, it's all about you know giving as best the performance as they can do. Uh, Wigan are a good side. The condition to play in this uh, Super Eight, you know, competition. We're the new guys in this, uh, and if we put in a performance, learn from the last couple of weeks, and see where we've gone wrong, you know, it could happen. We could uh, come away with another win. Yeah, that's it. We've got to, got to remain positive. Yeah, we're on a bad run at the moment, but it's got to turn around at some point. Why not against Wigan? Um, like I said, we don't need much talking to in the dressing room. We'll be well up for this and um, put in a good 80 minutes and, and maybe we'll have the edge. Uh, there's a lot of top-class players when you look at the Wigan lineup, but uh, nothing to fear. We've, we've faced them uh, you know, three times this season and come up short only just on a couple of occasions and, and obviously won the last time, uh, won the, uh, the, the away game. So, I think it'll be it'll be t- decided and how our loose play is is handled. I think the uh, the offloads. I think maybe we need to take more chances, as Paul was saying. We've, we've got to offload a bit more as we than we have done in the last few games. We've been a bit tight and a bit structured. Um, I think we mentioned earlier that maybe we're missing O'Brien's attacking flair. I know uh, since Niles come in and he's looked really good in in defence, uh, but I don't think he adds too much to the to the pivot to the line. I think maybe O'Brien, unless he's injured, uh, could, could come back in and offer some of that. So uh, we need to take a chance. We need to just go for broke in this match, and, and maybe maybe he'll, he'll set us up to do that uh, on Friday, and, and we'll see a, a good team and a great performance. Yeah, give us your uh, score prediction, Paul, for the game. Wigan sixteen, Salford twenty-two. Sixteen twenty-two. That'd be a good result, Paul. Uh, what about you, Rick? Wigan 16, Salford 26. 16, 26. Did you write yours down as well, Rick? Yep. Yep. Oh, I, I didn't write mine. I'm copying then. Feel like I need to write <laughs> one down now. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't write one down. Uh, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Wigan 
6, salt of 22, 22-6, yeah, 22-6, sounds like a good win for Salford, away Paul. 22-6, Rob, well, I'll have to come up with something now, and then I say I do last time, carry you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if we beat Wigan 22-6, what can I do there? I'll walk home. What? Have you seen the weather on Friday? <laughs> that'll be something. That'll be something. That, what is it bad on Friday now? We've got a bit of rain coming on. I think so. Yeah. Oh, but we can't stay in the rain though, can we? Yeah. I suppose that bangs your uh, that bangs your finger rig about throwing the ball about if it's all a bit wet. And, you know, well, off offloads, loose play. Yeah, I throw it about everywhere, but maybe take a chance or two. Yeah. It was a bad um, it was a bad afternoon for that for the semi final. The first half of weather was nice and then the second half it really turned, didn't it, on us yeah. in that semi final when we were chasing awesome. again. Yeah. Yeah, so hopefully if we, if it does rain we can get a bit of a lead up first, but uh, no, I'm expecting a expecting a, I think it's a game where we need to go out and and be, and be positive, you know, get an early score and you know the, we don't want to start like we got against Castleford doing you know, conceding a penalty on the on the very first tackle of the game. That, that sort of sets the tone sometimes, doesn't it? I think we really need to go out and get a real positive start and maybe quieten their crowd down a bit and, and uh, give us that confidence. Yeah. So that was the end of this week's uh, Devil in the Detail podcast. Before I go, um I just need to mention if possible that uh, a guy I've been talking to the last few months called Robbie Dolan. Um He's running something called the longest strike over the World Cup in Australia this year, later this year, and it's like an endurance event. He's he's running on his own, and he's he's plans to run about eighteen hundred kilometres from Melbourne to Brisbane uh, during the twenty seventeen Rugby League World Cup, crossing three states. So he's taking a rugby ball with him, and he's running across three states for for charity, um, and he hopes to raise hopefully around a quarter of a million pounds uh, for. Uh, the Roald Dahl charity, Marvellous Children's Charity, UK Miracle Babies, and uh, a few others in Australia. Um, and we're, we're just trying to basically drum up some support for him and, and sponsorship. So his his journey um, is, is all planned out. His training is, is right up to speed now, so he's, he's really getting down to the, the last few uh, bits of his of his training and his dieting and stuff like that he's been doing this for about 18 months so building up to this feat that he's running about 50 kilometers a day uh for the for the whole of the rugby league world cup which is something ridiculous uh, but if you you know if you if you want to have a look at it it's called the longest try.com and uh you can obviously go on there sponsor him or whatever but it's a, it's a miracle feat that he's running and uh, I just wish him all the best and hopefully if we can get support for him he'll be able to uh, achieve what he wants to yeah what well, sounds like a, you know an amazing thing to do Paul you know being able to raise money as well and a great adventure certainly does it to, to run that that sort of a distance that it's like um, sounds like the bionic man or something that, that sounds absolutely tremendous that, and if, if he pulls that off which I'm sure he will do he deserves all the credit because you know, it's like a superhuman effort to be able to run 50 kilometres a day you know 18, 1800 kilometres and that's you don't bear thinking about does it I mean you try and run like 5 miles a day it, it sounds a lot doesn't it so to be able to do that I think the guy deserves so much credit and you know, what we need to do now is you need to spread the word and make sure all the rugby league supporters and, and teams and everybody in the game knows about this this man because uh, he's doing it for those great charities as well and he deserves all the help um, from everybody to, to get him over the line 
Yeah, I'd echo that. I'd, I'd certainly just try and spread the word of this. It's, it's a fantastic thing to, that he's doing, and he's genuinely a really nice guy as well. Uh, to, to have time to speak to me, he spoke to me last last night. Uh, I'd, I'd, I had two hours on the phone. I've got, I've got you know uh, two hours worth of recording to uh, to try and get down to some quotes for him to, to get to spread his word. He's he's uh, he's brilliant, and he's been up against it uh, as well. So he's had a lot of hardship. Uh, that I won't go into with a lot of personal stuff but he's he's come out the other end now and he's, he's obviously stronger for it but he's he's still on course for this and uh, and hopefully we can we can spread the word and get him to his goal yeah give us the uh, the, the website again it's uh, it's thelongesttry.com and that just gives you all the information you need on him and, and uh, everything he's doing um, when he sets out on his journey in Australia big thanks Rick for coming back on Thanks as ever, guys. Thanks for having me on. It's a good show. Thanks for that. Yeah, another great show, Paul. Enjoyed this one? Yeah, really enjoyed it, Rob. And uh, really looking forward to Friday night. Let's hope we can have something good to report on next week and have a smile back on our faces. Yeah, big thanks for tuning in to this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter, at D-I-C-D-S-R-D. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes and Radio Contact. I've been Rob Parkinson and I'll see you next week. a week 24 hours a day Five.